This week on Dueling Review, Bill and Ted are doomed. Doomed, I say. Doomed. It's the official prequel series to the new film. After defeating the evil dictator in Bogus Journey in 1995, things aren't looking as excellent as they should for either Bill or Ted or the Wild Stallions. There's tension in the band and worry at home. Bill and Ted's obsessiveness with writing the one song to bring peace to the world is affecting their playing and their relationship with their families. The band is losing favor with fans and the future isn't shaping up as they were all led to believe it would from past and future events. Desperate for a solution, Bill and Ted burst in to announce their greatest idea to revive the band's fortunes, a world tour to spread the love and the rock and the love of the rock to the world. We are going to try and entertain all of the people hanging out in our Discord server this week, listening live. And you can listen live, too, when you connect your Patreon account to our Discord server. You can find out more at patreon.com slash major spoilers. You connect that account, you can come in and you can hang out with some uh, really cool people. Listen to us record this show live as we talk about Bill and Ted are doomed. 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 Number one from uh, who's this from? This is from somebody. This is from, from uh, Dark Boom, Horse Comics. Oh, oh, maybe it is from Boom. from Boom. Yeah, this is over at Dark yeah, Horse Yeah, this Comics. is a Dark Horse comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So what'd you think there, Matthew? Bill and Ted are doomed. First of all, have you seen the new movie? No. Oh, you haven't seen the new movie. So a lot of the no. things, a lot of the things that are happening here, this definitely serves as a prequel to the movie. Right. Um, uh, yeah, there's, but I don't think it spoils anything for the movie. It also serves as a sequel to Evan Dorkin's uh, previous Bill and Ted comics work. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is stuff in here where it's clearly, you know, based on the 1992, gosh, that's old, the 1992 Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure comic from Marvel of all places that I really did enjoy and that I still, you know, have access to most of. Mm -hmm. Now, Evan Dorkin has done, you know, he's the milk and cheese guy. Um, Yeah. And so he's done a lot of, of comic book work over the years and he has done some other stuff that I really, not just milk and cheese related, but other stuff that I have, uh, enjoyed quite a bit. And so it's interesting to see him bring his humorous take on Bill and Ted to this comic book or his, his humor to this comic book, uh, Mm -hmm. which I I think is, is an interesting approach. And then Roger Lang, Langridge, Langridge is somebody that has done a bunch of um, uh, nice independent uh, stuff for Boom and for Dark Horse and for others uh, that I've also really liked. Uh, just, you know, little quirky stuff. So his art style is very apparent here. So it's very interesting to see these two come together. Uh, and if you are thinking that you're getting Evan, it, this could have easily been an Evan Dorkin writing and art arting on this. Uh, and if you look at the cover for this issue, I really thought we were going to get nothing but Evan Dorkin art on the inside. And then was, yeah. And then I was pleasantly surprised when I saw the Roger language stuff on the inside. Um, yeah, that cover really kind of, kind of is creepy a little bit, Well, but not because of, of Dorkin's. It's the fact that death is totally spiking the camera and I'm just like, no, stop looking at me, death. Well, they all are. And also, uh, uh station is doing that as well. Yeah, so, station is creepy. so this is post 95, uh, bogus journey. This is as they're still being. Uh, stressed to write the one song. If this is the year 2000, according to the, uh, 
the explanation. So five years after the events of Bogus Journey, I yeah. believe. Yeah. And of course, for those of you that have watched the movie, they do cover this time period uh, in the movie and they talk about everything that's going on. One of the things that they don't talk about in the movie is the fact that Bill and Ted uh, have money issues. Uh, they won their $25,000 five years previous. Uh, they got married to the bodacious uh, English uh, princesses and had two right. kids of their own. And now they're into money troubles. All the while, they are still very much uh, trying to write the one song. Uh, in the meantime, we do this first issue really serves as a way to introduce everyone to the characters: Station, Death, the, the princesses, the good robots, uh, the little kids, uh, all yep. that, you know, just gets reiterated here. And that's fine. Um, you know, half of the people that are in this comic book are not in the movie. Right. And I don't know if that will be covered in this. You know, what happened to Station? What happened to... The good robot, the good uh, Bill robot and Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that that will be interesting to see how that is addressed or if it's addressed, because it, part of me, as I was reading this, part of me is like, I don't think they were given access to the movie at certain points. But then there are other points where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see where this leads into the movie. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really mixed on whether they had access to the movie before they wrote and drew this or not. I, I have that same question because I haven't seen the movie, but the people that I've seen responding to the movie are saying things that make it seem like this being 15 years earlier doesn't seem to gel with the timeline. Well, so I can say for one thing, there is one little bit, and this is not a huge spoiler, uh, that does tie into the movie, which makes me think they did see the movie is in regards to death's 40 minute uh, bass solo. <laughs> and that is a that is a point of contention in the movie. So mm -hmm. it does make me think that, yeah, they did have access to at least the script or something to see how this is all tying together. Um, the other thing that is that makes me go, oh, maybe they haven't or maybe it'll be addressed in this. We don't know when it happened. But uh, they have a Rufus in this comic and right. in the movie, Rufus is not there, obviously, because George Carlin has passed away. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what role Rufus plays in this and if this is something that leads to his exit from the Bill and Ted storyline. Right. See, that's what I had wondered about. And for me, again, reading this, I felt like this was more of a sequel to the comics than it was a sequel to the movie. And part of that is, you know, the designs are very cartoony. These are very much the designs that we saw uh, from Evan Dorkin back in the 90s. These are interesting kind of takes. And the fact that it picks up five years after Bogus Journey with all of the major players of Bogus Journey all living together in their house, you know, that's kind of interesting to me. This feels like First of all, Dark Horse is saying this is the official comic prequel. Yeah, and I can see that. And I, 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 yeah. I really think that it does serve as a prequel. And I feel like this may be a way to kind of phase out those characters who didn't come back. So this book may be as much about where is Station, where are the good robot us is, what's, you know, what's happening here than it is anything else. And if it's just that, I think I'll actually be satisfied because... 
those are the questions that that kind of preoccupy me when they say Bill and Ted are coming back for a movie 25 years later. I'm like, okay, well, what happened in the interim 25 years? I mean, they do cover that. I mean, that's a big part of of the of the movie. Uh, you know, the first couple of minutes is here's what's happened since 1995. And it talks right. about their record career and their music career and shows them where they go to. Then the remainder 70 minutes of the movie is all about them going forward in time, revisiting themselves so that they can try and get the song from themselves and go back to the quote unquote present to release the song and the adventures that they have along that. That's also not a spoiler because that is the synopsis of the movie. Um, So, yeah, I mean, this could very much serve as an official prequel because of what is covered in the uh, in the movie and also because. Right now, from the first issue, everything is very nebulous as far as where they're going on this journey. So it's not, you know, I don't feel like this is spoiling the movie. Uh, This feels like a fine prequel to or a sequel to the 95 movie. Not my favorite movie of the Bill and Ted movies, um, but it uh, is fine. I think I think it's a good start uh, for this. Now, this is not the most recent. I mean, this is the most recent Bill and Ted, but there are have been other Bill and Ted series before the Dorkin series in, uh, you know, in whatever year it was over at Marvel. So what'd you think, Matthew? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I liked it. Okay. I mean, I'm not the huge Bill and Ted fan that Rodrigo is. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I wish Rodrigo was here, but I liked it. I like the first movie. I, I can live with the second movie. I, I think feel like I Max von Sydow getting blown up is funny. And it's yeah, not I Max von Sydow, is it? No, 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 no. Who plays Denomalous? I don't remember. Uh, to be honest, I I really don't care for the second movie. I know that there's a lot of people who are in the Rodrigo age range that love this movie uh, mm-hmm. and think it is the, the best of the Bill and Ted movies. For me, it's just, it's not. Um, I really think the first one is the best. And if I had to pick, I'd probably pick 132 as my, as my pecking order for likes of the movies. Uh, the second movie is fine, and I can understand why people like it because it is so epic in its in its scope, uh, right. and the fact that it's got you know the smartest man in the universe can only say station, and he splits in two and has an and is naked, and then death, and they survive death, and good roboticists, all that. Stuff. I can totally dig where people are coming with that, um, but the first one is really kind of my favorite uh, of of them, um, and I think again it goes back to how old we were when that movie came out. And the discussions that we've had before about the age that you are most impressionable and that came out during that 14 to 21 or 20 year, um, you know, age span. And so that's why it probably sits better on us than maybe um, maybe the other movie does. Um, I like this. I like the the language uh, art in this uh, language language art. Um, I think he, you know, surprisingly for his cartoony style. I was most impressed with how he was able to catch the look of George Carlin in the Rufus bits, where even though it's just a couple of simple lines, you can go, oh, he's basing this on George Carlin as opposed to just drawing his own guy with a, you know, widow's peak and a ponytail. Yeah. The likenesses of Carlin and to a much, much lesser degree, uh, the saxophone player for the E Street Band as the big robed guy Mm -hmm. are pretty solid. I feel like the Bill and Ted 
are less so, but I also feel like that's because he's using or trying to emulate the Dorkin designs from that comic. So, but yeah, I really appreciated that. And I feel like the, the storytelling is amazing. I really yeah, like yeah. his balance of, mm-hmm. of cartoony to just standard kind of comic drama. Yeah. Now there the are one- some really nice cartoon moments. There's one where all of a sudden, you know, death shows up and the princesses are like, what? And they're doing, they're almost doing the fall back out of the panel and only show your feet routine. Yeah. 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 Where I he's think yelling that's at amazing. Them. Yeah. Where he shouts, yeah. he does a uh, kind of like an Archie, Archie take is what I call it. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat. I like that. Yeah. So the other thing about this, and I think this is where Dorkin, I think this is his writing style based on what I know from, um, milk and cheese and other stuff that he's done is that he does a, he's a series of bits. Right. So there's a whole bit about, oh, we're, you know, we're trying to come up with the one song and oh, man, we got all these papers and markers and we're making big crumply piles. And then we get a little, uh, you know, funny bit where, uh, you know, they're out of paper and the wives come in and they're just like, oh, OK, let's uh, let's open some windows because it stinks in here. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's the good robot us's. And that's a bit. Then it's all about, hey, let's go to the clucking clucking chicken or whatever that it's called. And Lucky chick. Yeah. And so then death goes along with them and then they have a whole little bit in a routine that takes place at the chicken shack. And then that is done. Then so he just really builds on a lot of little series of skits or bits uh, to build that up into a, you know, a cohesive story. Uh, So I find this I find that style of writing. Very casual, meaning that I don't think you're going to find any deep. Uh, bits in here. I don't think you're going to find any deep philosophies in here. I don't think you're going to find any life changing uh, events in here. I think what you're going to find are some fun moments in this issue that are paced well and played out well, but realize that it's, it is a series of skits kind of like the, the very first movie was a series of skits. Mm -hmm. So I, I like the art. I like the writing. I think if you're a fan of Bill and Ted, I think you ought to go out and pick this up. Uh, if you're a casual Bill and Ted fan, maybe you've seen the movies, but you really haven't really paid much attention to Bill and Ted, Ted over 25 years. Uh, you know, this might be an, a casual thing. I don't think it's a must buy. Uh, but if you've seen all three of the movies, if you love Bill and Ted, then I really think that you will do yourself favors by picking up uh, this first issue and diving in. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at the shot where bill and ted tell them they're going on tour and the robots brains explode yeah yeah yeah. that's entertaining yeah yeah i i agree i mean i feel like there's a lot to like here and i feel like just it's not straight gag a minute writing but you are correct in that it does kind of cycle through it builds a little bit it builds a little bit now we're going to make some jokes oh do you even remember our band and then station blows some things up and as you get to the end, we realize that something is terribly wrong in time, space, and dimension. And once again, you've got that set up for basically the rest of a mm-hmm, theoretical mm-hmm. movie. Now, I don't know. I don't know if this book was always scheduled to come out on this date or if this is something that was held up by, um, by the uh, COVID pandemic where everybody had to shut down for months. I know that pandemic affected the release of the movie slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm wondering, I mean, this is actually for people that are really hype on Bill and Ted right now. This is actually a good thing to come out right now um, to kind of pick up on, on those people who have, who have watched the movie. I can't help but wonder how 
much more popular or how less popular this book would have been had it come out, you know, um, uh, two months before the movie arrived. And they released this this series every other week up to the release of the movie. Based on the previews code, it looks like it was in the July previews. So, so when that would have, that have that would have out? that would have been September. That would have been this month. Okay. So it looks like it was probably always planned to come out after the movie. Yeah. Which, you know, I gotta be honest, it's it's not a dumb it's not a dumb business plan. I mean, I'm very surprised that after the what is it, the order? What was the um that Netflix series, uh, I think it's the order. Um, after that Netflix series dropped, the reviews of that comic book series on major spoilers hit a huge spike uh, because people had seen the Netflix thing, knew it was based on a comic book, went out to go and find out more about the comic book, and it ended up on our page. So, you know, people who are going out for Bill and Ted are probably going to find this comic very, very easily based on search engine optimization and people finding it. So I hope that it does. I hope that it does well. But I don't think that this is going to be the thing that brings Dark Horse back. Not that Dark Horse is in a bad spot, but, uh, you know, that puts them at the top of the charts. Maybe it will, but I I don't believe so. Anyway, (laughs) I know you said you wanted Rodrigo to weigh in, and I'm pretty sure Rodrigo would have liked to have reviewed that, (laughs) this issue, on this week's uh, Major Spoilers podcast. However, he was banned from reading the book. Because of our dear listeners, you want to explain to everyone how they screwed Rodrigo over this week? This is how you host Rodrigo, faithful spoiler rights. What happened was last week, people went to patreon.com forward slash major spoilers and looked for the weekly post for dueling review. If you were to go there right now, you're going to find one that says dueling review for September the 16th, yep. 2020. Yep. You're going to go through and choose a comic that you'd like to see us review. If you and enough friends choose the right book, you can program next week's episode. And that's and maybe, how you host Rodrigo. And maybe that's how you host Rodrigo, because you all overwhelmingly said... Bill and Ted are doomed number one. And so we complied and I had to send a little message to Rodrigo and say, sorry, man, you can't review this. But on the other, on the other hand, your other favorite uh, product, Vampire the Masquerade did come out this week. So that's what he reviewed. So next week, however, if you look at the lists over there at patreon.com slash major spoilers, again, you don't have to be a patron to go and look at the list and share your vote. All you have to do is be a listener of this show. Well, you don't even have to be a listener of this show. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how you would find out about that over there unless you listen to this show. And it's got to remember a garbage can, Matthew. Uh, Boom Studios next week has Faithless 2, number four, Firefly, number 20, Jim Henson's uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, number 11, and Seven Secrets, number two. Also, oh, I'm kind of interested in this. We really can't review it on Dueling Review because it is very, very long. But Slaughterhouse-Five, the original graphic novel hardcover, which is the comic book adaptation of the Kurt Vonnegut tale uh, drops next week for 25 bucks. Uh, if you are a fan of that, in, or maybe if you've never read it and you want to read it in a form that is um, very approachable, maybe this is the one you want to check out. Uh, Slaughterhouse-Five isn't a long book, so I don't know if this is a word-for-word adaptation of of the uh, source material like they did with uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep several years ago. But the art in this looks really cool, so it's worth checking out over at Boom Studios next week. Dark Horse Comics next week has You Look Like Death, Tales... Oh, You Look Like Death Tales, Umbrella Academy number one. You Look Like Death, Tales of Umbrella Academy number one. They really, at previews, need to get their stuff together and actually use 
the full title instead of dropping like every other word in this. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment next week has Betty Page number two, Deja Thor is number eight, Mars Attacks Red, Sonya number one gets those uh, weird variant uh, releases that cost like 50 bucks for those. And pretty much that's all they have uh, for next week. IDW Publishing has G.I. Joe number eight, Snake Eyes Dead Game number one, that uh, Rob Liefeld thing. Uh, gets a second printing Sonic the Hedgehog number 31 Star Trek year five number 14 arrives next week at image comics. We have big girls number two head lopper number 13. Uh, I guess it's the old guard is uh, the one that I was thinking of uh, still water by Zadarsky and Perez number one. That's a got a, a mature readers tag. In fact, I think the only one that the only two that do not have mature reader tags Next week from Image Comics are Big Girls number two and Black Hand and Iron Head hardcover volume one. Um, let's see. Marvel Comics next week has Arrow number 11, Amazing Spider-Man Sins of Nor- Norman Osborn number one. Oh, that could be a very lengthy series. <laughs> Captain America number 23, Conan Battle for the Serpent Crown number five, the final issue in that series. Immortal Hulk number zero, Immortal, Immortal Hulk number 37. Is that uh, we're getting pretty close to the end of that Hulk series, right? Yes. Is, um, is 37 the final issue on that? Do you know? I want to say 38 is the final 38 issue. 38 is the final issue. Okay. Uh, Iron Man finally gets his own series next week with Iron Man number one, Star Wars number six, Star Wars Darth Vader number five, Thor number seven. And let's see, there's a bunch of X-Men stuff coming out next week. X-Men number 12, Imp Exop comes out next week. So there you go. That is from Marvel over at DC comics next week. They don't have the, the covers listed over comiXology, which I find very interesting. Uh, there's a new Batman issue that comes out. Batman number 99. Uh, let's see. Catwoman uh, number 25 detective comics, 1027 Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, black, white, and red number 13. Those come out on Friday. And I know a couple of people have already said, Hey, can you review Harley Quinn black, white, and red number 13 next week? We could, but number one, DC isn't giving us access to the digital first stuff. And number right. two, it comes out on Friday well after, you know, we, uh, we review uh, the, the weekly show, record the weekly show. So that may be an issue for those of you who have uh, requested that. Metal Men number 10 arrives next week, as does Teen Titans number 45. In all the rest category, we have Archie Jumbo Comics Digest 313. Bell, Hearts and Minds, One Shot, number one. Biggs and Tiny, number two. Blade Runner 2019 gets a trade paperback collection. Bleed Them, Bleed Them Dry, number three. Bloodshot, number eight. Uh, Fearsome Dawn meets Hellboy, one shot. Oh, that's got to be, or Fearless Dawn meets Hellboy, one shot. Hmm, that's got to be interesting, because that is, I wonder who that's coming from. Uh, who does Dawn? Uh, is that what, hmm. I don't remember. Is that Coffin Comics? I can't remember who does, uh. The, the Rose and Thorn and Dawn and uh, all that stuff. I'm going to have to look on that. Finger Guns, number five. Grit, number three. Uh, no Guns, no Guns. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Ping Pong, graphic novel, volume two. Possessed, number one. It's an $8 book. Riptide, Draken, number one. Draken. And, uh, oh, I love, I love that uh, series because it's got the little robot that falls off the boat all the time. And finally, Sun Eater number one. Those are just some of the comics coming out next week. Matthew, remind everybody what they need to do to cast their vote so we can program next week's show. 
go to patreon.com forward slash major spoilers. Look for the Dueling Review post for September the 16th. Vote for the comic that you want to see. Tell your friends, wake the kids, phone the neighbors, get everybody in there. The more votes, the more choices, and the more comics we have to read that may be good or maybe not. I bet there's always good comics out there because why would anybody publish bad comics? Here's what some people have already been requesting. Maybe you want to jump over and lend your voice to these, or maybe you want to avoid it. But Harley Quinn, Black, White, and Red, number 13, has been uh, suggested, as has Stillwater, number one, uh, by a couple of people. So uh, don't don't wait. You need to have this done before Sunday morning because that's when I go through the list and say, well, here's what everybody has requested and uh, close the voting. So if you want your voice to be heard, get over there now, then come back next week and find out if your pick was selected and you'll probably get to hear Matthew say, Sherwood Schwartz was an iconic genius. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.